Well, more importantly, did they confiscate the yak? And it's really just a celebration of all the weird things that happen in this world. And there's certainly no shortage of those, so I think we've got a fair bit of content to work our way through. I mean, here's a good example for you. We've recently celebrated St. Valentine's Day. Now, it's a day associated with love and expressing love, etc. But the St. Valentine that the day is named after really didn't do anything to have that associated with him at all. He was a uh, bishop who uh, preached to Christians in the Roman Empire in the 3rd century and was jailed for such and had his head cut off. So there's not a huge association with love at all there. Bishop preached to people he shouldn't have in the day and time, got his head cut off. Now there's a day named after him, associated with love. Hmm, bit weird. Anyway, in this podcast series, I'm going to be joined by different guests each week, and we're just going to talk about some of the weird stuff that's there. And I guess, really, at home, you can decide whether you think what you're hearing is fair enough or not. It doesn't really matter which one you decide, because there's nothing we can do about it. These things happen, they're out there. And I hope you enjoy. I'm joined now by a very special guest. His name is Matt, and Matt's an old friend of mine. Hello, Matt. Hey, Stu. How you going? Uh, I'm going very well. I'm enjoying getting back into podcasting a little bit. Yes. Yes, Uh, it is your passion. Well, speaking of podcasting, you have a podcast of your own. It's called The Chattering Classes. What's all that about? Well, it's one I do very, very sporadically. Uh, it's in just chatting with people. Originally, I stole the idea completely from Desert Island Discs, the old BBC, uh, where you interview people and talk about movies or music that connects to them. But uh, then it sort of evolved in just kind of a rambling chat for 40 minutes or so every episode with people I know or teachers. A lot of teachers involved talking about like, what teaching means to them, but mm. also elements of their life. Some of it's very silly. Some of it's, uh, I like to move between the silly and the deep as much as possible. Yeah. And you can find that on uh, iTunes and other potty places, I assume. That is correct. Now, teachers, you are a teacher yourself, aren't you? That is very correct. So what's the weirdest thing about being a teacher then? I mean, the weirdest thing about teaching is other teachers. Like, there's a lot of weird other teachers out there um, who sometimes you think, right, if my child was in your class, maybe I'd be uh, just working out ways of uh, oh, their timetable has to change or <laughs> or things like that. So I assume you're excluding people you work with now, right? Yeah, you know what? That's, that's fairly accurate. Yeah, I, I'm not including people I work with now, but yeah. uh, in the past I have worked with with uh, 
you know, several teachers. Because it's like any job. You have good and bad, weird, strange, very competent, strangely incompetent people. You're saying it's beyond, you know, eccentricities here. It's like, uh, ooh, it's disturbing weird rather than kooky weird. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've seen a teacher be so bad at their job that they uh, had six students in their class at one stage and by the end of the lesson they'd kicked four of them out <laughs> so i mean i don't yeah so that goes that probably goes beyond the eccentricities i'm thinking of another teacher who this has nothing to do with their teaching but used to come into the staff room and eat yogurt out of a kilo tub with a carrot and dip the carrot in. Uh, hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Using a, a carrot as a spoon? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly well, right. Uh, peeled? Oh, that's a very good question. I didn't want to look close enough <laughs> and get close enough to the scene, but that was I worked with him for a number of years and he would do that regularly. Okay, now, important question. Yeah. Did the carrot get gnawed as the tub got lower or did we wait till the end until all the so, yogurt was gone before eating any of the carrots so what he would do i guess it was like a the tub was for the week so he would eat say one fifth of the tub of yogurt and then eat the carrot and then the next day bring oh, in okay. another carrot so one tub five carrots is that what we're saying here yeah now i don't know how you go with podcast titles but that's pretty good <laughs> But yes, exactly that. Now, was this lunch or a snack? That's a question I, I can't answer. I think it was more than likely just like the snack, like the, a recess break, a short break or, or something right. like that. But you're saying this is every day, so nothing else was brought in for snacks, just the... I don't know if someone had a word to him. I just re- remember very clearly it happened way too much and everyone was just like, can we... <laughs> it was an intervention. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone higher up had to come in and just say, "Maybe can, here, have a spoon, <laughs> have a spoon, eat the carrot separately." I don't know. It was just disturbing. Again, it had nothing to do with his teaching ability. So, just yeah, weird. But, but you're saying like a committee got together and and went higher. <laughs> well, I've, you know what? Probably that's how. That's again, if you want to talk about the weirdness in teaching, and I don't, it's probably similar in business. But there's a lot of committees going higher up for things that aren't necessary oh i don't know about that i i'd I'd say it's the sort of thing that might suit teachers personalities more so than other areas but uh that's just a personal opinion yeah yeah you do find a lot of teachers too who there's a good varied i guess range of teachers who were what they you can find out what they're like as students pretty quickly and you can find the teachers who were A students at school and always did their work and were always, you know, thought school was the most important thing. Obviously, they still think that exact way. Um, mm. And that comes across because they're still fastidious and they're still rule followers and they're still, they're the ones that go to the committee as quickly as possible with a yogurt concern rather than saying, Oi, can you just put that tub of yogurt down or at least get a spoon? <laughs> A new sign above the staff room door, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, there were, there probably was, you know, and the other one is the, there'd be a passive-aggressive note, like, carrots are not spoons, or mm. I don't know, <laughs> just randomly for everyone. Or maybe a, what tends to happen is there's one person 
who's doing something like eating yogurt with a carrot. And so they'll send a whole school email out saying, <laughs> by the way, you should eat yogurt with a spoon, not <laughs> dip a carrot into it and then lick the yeah. yogurt off the end of a carrot. And then everyone will be like, why have I got yeah, this? Is yeah, this like about it's me? A, oh, by the, it's just, here's a, just a random thought I've come up with. You know, if mm-hmm. it can apply to your life, then do. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's not, that's not a random thought someone's had. Yeah, yeah, you do get weirdly specific whole school emails and you're like, this is about one person, surely. Uh, Anyway, let's get back to the weird stuff, all right? Okay. I read something just before we came on, which I'm going to call the weird lore of the week. Oh. Now, I didn't see a source, so this may well be uh, bullshit. But (laughs) let's run with it for now and uh, assume that it's bona fide. In 2007, the Chinese government passed a law which stated that it is illegal for Tibetan monks to reincarnate without the government's permission. Now, okay. that's, uh, that would, that's an astounding thing for the Chinese uh, government to be discussing. Well, I was going to say parliament, but they don't really have a parliament, do they? They have like a, a boardroom of sorts, I, uh, I think, don't they? So, I mean, that is true, but I, I'm... Like, do, do you need to break that down? Like, do they have to apply for it before they die? Or, <laughs> like, how does... Yeah, the, the logistics of it seem a little... Uh, you know, it's a bit of red tape involved, isn't there? Well, I don't know. Is there great shame on the family if you see a yak that sort of behaves a little bit like Jim did before he died? Like, <laughs> have go back to Jim's family and say... He's clearly reincarnated. There's shame on all of you. Well, more yeah. importantly, did they confiscate the yak? Like, oh, sorry, yeah. Look, we're taking Jim. Yeah. We, we want you. He didn't fill out the form. In, in the stocks. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim being, of course, a uh, extremely common Tibetan monk name. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly right. I mean, it's shortened, but he's abbreviated <laughs> for his friends. But yeah, very, very common. Yeah, look, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I might try and find something with a source for next time because I'm not sure about that. It, that sounds just a little too kooky, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I ha- have a feeling it's true, really just to try and shut down oh. the the Dalai Lama's influence, oh. right? Isn't that Wouldn't that be what it's about, to be like, sorry, Dalai Lama, you can't uh, reappear when you die in a body of a young child? Uh, because you haven't done the paperwork, so we don't recognise you? I, I don't um, know. Oh, so it's just like an extra way to screw the Tibetans. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I said, it's a bureaucratic way to, to like, sorry. No, Dalai Lama, no, you didn't fill out this form. Sorry, not welcome. I suppose it's one of those things too where it doesn't really matter if the Chinese believe in it or not. If the Tibetans no. believe in it, then yeah, and again, you that know, has the effect. The, what, what, is the, what is the effect of this law if it's... Uh, uh, put in place, like what, what are they confiscate? You've got to sorry, well, you put, put he, the soul back. You're going to send it back. Yeah. Well, here's what the monks say. The effect. I'll tell you what the I effect see. is. It's pissing me off. <laughs> oh yeah, Ghostbusters. Sorry, that, I just felt I need to quote <laughs> Ghostbusters there for a moment. It's fine anyway. by me. So we'll move on from that slightly dubious law uh, <laughs> into uh, Stu's weird story of the week. Right. Now I know this one. I saw this with quite a few sources, so I'm, I'm quite prepared to believe this one. Mm-hmm. Lucius Lucinius Crassus, 
who was a Roman consul and statesman, had a pet eel. Right? Yeah, okay. It's not that unusual. A lot of upper crust uh, Roman Senate types had little ponds, pools that they kept fish and eels and so on in. Okay. Difference being in this instance that Crassus loved the, his eel so much that he bought it necklaces and earrings. Okay, just okay. Do eels have either necks or ears? Well, the necklace was fine. I'm, it's it's pretty much nothing but neck. Um, but yeah, but uh, you need uh, see. The, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I know what you're saying there. An eel is pretty much neck, but in my understanding. You need some kind of shoulder to stop the necklace from falling off. You should feel pretty confident in that understanding. That is absolutely my understanding as well. Although, if the if the eel is swimming like and it's always in a horizontal position, then I guess the necklace is gonna. It's something I've never thought about, but now I can't stop thinking about it. Is how long would a necklace stay on an eel as it was swimming through water? Well, here's the thing, though. That I've just realised in none of the things I read did it say they actually put them on the eel. Oh, he just bought them. Yeah, so he might have just right. kind of had it in a fancy case, kind of shown it to the eel, I guess, when the eel swam close, just kind of you know. So it's like a family family heirloom, like hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. See this? Like, see this yeah. watch? It's it's four. It's a hundred years old. Yeah, you don't no, you can't no, have it. Don't take it out of the box. No, 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 you can't yeah. wear it. Yeah, just it's over there. I do have a quite a, an amusing image, though, of someone trying to jam earrings onto an eel. Although I think that would, that would, well, they're notoriously slippery, aren't they? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like, can you pierce an eel? Is that something that's easy to do? <laughs> it's just stabbing it with. Yeah, no, you just a very good danger of killing it. Hmm. So Crassus's eel uh, apparently would recognise the approach of her owner. Right. Uh, would swim to the pond edge to be fed by hand. Typical treats included green figs, milk curds, and ripe arbutus berries crushed by the fingers. Uh, arbutus berries being apparently strawberry-like berries, but not right. quite strawberries. So, so that's it's a well a well kept eel. That's a fancy eaten eel. Yeah, fancy eel. Yeah, and 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 going oh there's old mate there's yeah what's his name Crassius, Crassus yeah well, Crassus yeah here comes Crassus gonna give me his all these exotics yeah well just imagine like you know the water like a, water bearers uh, walking yeah. in and seeing the eel eating figs off a cheese plate <laughs> basically he's just made like a a cheese anti pasta platter. <laughs> He's got a little fig paste here. You yeah. get some fig paste, some berries, some curds, some cheese. That's right. While the water bearer goes home for for a bit of millet and, you know, rat, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good living eel. Yeah, and well, and finally, uh, Crassus uh, apparently held a funeral for the pet that was quite well attended. So, oh. so there you go. Well attended. Yeah, that's uh, the story of the fanciest eel ever known. <laughs> is there any truth to the rumour that the eel died after being pierced for its new earrings? <laughs> well, they say he ate a bad fig, but he had lots of pin marks around his head. Yeah, or he was at the bottom of the of the lake because the necklace that was around him was like a Mr. T-style 18 chains. 
Well, funnily enough, the eel didn't like to fly either. <laughs> oh God, we've had a Ghostbusters reference in an A team reference. Yeah. We know we're yeah. This is what we're dealing with. Yep. This is where we. This is where we belong. Yeah, we're in, seeing the wheelhouse. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's about all I've got to say about that eel. Oh, so that's that um, a good eel. You uh, have very kindly brought a weird story for me to hear. Well, I haven't. I've I've got to tell you about the best thing I've learned in the last twelve months, which is about fatbergs. Fatbergs. Yeah, a fatberg. You know what a fatberg is? Well, I, I've I've read the occasional stories about you know massive congestions in sewers of fat. Yes, Is that exactly. what we're talking about? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I was talking to to my friend Alison, and she just offhandedly said, "Oh, you know, like a fatberg," and I and I said, "So what did you say?" And she's like, "A fatberg, you know, like a <laughs> big congealed fat." And I literally sat at her feet on the carpet, like a like a student, and just said, "Tell me." Everything there is to know. So you hadn't heard about fatbergs? I'd never heard it. I hadn't heard about what a fatberg was, and now oh. I'm obsessed with fatbergs. <laughs> so a fatberg is, like you said, it is a congealed mass of like old fat, mainly made up of like baby wipes. What what they found was people using baby wipes and flushing them. Yeah, because the, the, the ones that you're not meant to flush. Yeah, but, but what they found was that they had on a lot of packaging like flushable wipes, but they found very quickly that they didn't break down like the manufacturers said. But there's no way of knowing that if you're not testing correctly until there's a mass massive fatberg in your sewer system <laughs> caused by old fat. So all the fat that you wash down the drain after cooking or after just from your body as well, a lot of fat comes off when you have a shower, all of that stuff congeals with baby wipes and forms these obviously icebergs, but they're made of fat. And what they found was that they were in the Thames more than anything else. But when I looked it up, it just had the phrase notable fatberg. So someone had documented, <laughs> and it's my favourite phrase of the year of 2019, was notable fatberg. Well, it implies some fatbergs are just not worth your time. <laughs> that's right. That's not much of a fatberg. That's that's an okay fatberg. But they're, they're huge. They're, they're forming the sewer system. And when they congeal and harden, then it takes weeks and weeks to remove them. So yeah, so is it, is a lot of it kind of people cooking with oil and so on, and then washing their fry pans down the sink, and then you know obviously the oil just doesn't kind of dissipate and disappear into the water; it just kind of has to go somewhere, yeah, I guess. Exactly, and what what it actually does is with when it mixes with all the a lot of it was caused by these wet wipes um, and non-flushable wipes because what happens is they form a mass and then the fat goes onto the mass out of the water mm. and then congeals and just yeah forms a solid just horrid mass so there's been some that are that have been 15 tons that they've found wow and so it takes them like 4 to 6 weeks to remove it they have to basically cut into them i i, I have and many, remove it bit I by have bit many questions have you so well, firstly, uh, I mean, how long has Alison been studying fatbergs? Well, 
That's a very good question. Uh, just longer than me, I guess. I think she. I think she read it was on the news or something that they found one, 2017, mm. which was 250 meters long. Right. And I think that's the biggest one they found. It was so, in Whitechapel so long. In, in London. 250 meters long, 130 tons. So that's just causing that's just causing sewerage backup. You, the only way you know a fatberg's occurring is when you know shit starts shooting out of the ground somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when when things yeah you, the pipes are so clogged with this enormous fatberg. Imagine going down there. We've got a blockage in the pipe and going. Oh my god! This is two hundred and fifty meters long. It's one hundred and thirty tons. Yeah. What do you do about a two hundred and fifty meter long fatberg? What do like? Yeah. Is it you get the drill from Armageddon or something and start? <laughs> Well, that's that's one of the things I can't work out is exactly like how they get rid of it. The, all the all the information that I can find is that it takes them, or that the one that was two hundred and fifty meters long was that they removed it and it took two months to remove by cutting it up. But it didn't really tell me with what kind yeah, of tool. Yeah, but surely that's what we want to know. How yeah. did they? <laughs> <laughs> they do that. Well, like it wasn't a, a. We'll assume it wasn't someone with a scalpel. It's not that intricate an operation. No. Although, no. although it'd be funny to watch. <laughs> if um, someone was down there for. Well, that's why it takes so long. I'm just. I'm <laughs> taking slivers off. I'm, wh- yeah. I'm whittling the fatberg down. <laughs> well, but but now I'm picturing they just send a lumberjack down who's hewing at it, just, it with a, just an axe for axing a while. into. The, imagine how hard that would be. That would be harder than chopping down a tree, wouldn't it? Just <laughs> sludgy. Oh. Oh dear. Well, yeah, because you, you hack on one side of a tree and it falls down the other side. There's nowhere for the fatberg to go. Yeah, no, that's right. You, you, and you have to, like, take the bit. Then what do you do with it? That's the thing. There's no real discussion of what happens once it's all removed. What do you do with a with tons and tons of congealed fat and wet wipes? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not suddenly not a problem. You've still got to put it somewhere. Yeah, Oh, look, there's gaps in our knowledge here. I'm just, uh, I'm worried about this. Maybe the listeners can help us out and and get in there. Maybe we can contact someone who actually removed it. Mm. Or, you know, maybe we could do the work ourselves, but that's probably... Or or next time you come on, bring Alison with you. Oh, that's an idea. (laughs) That's an idea. She can, you know, Alison, if you're listening, this is your heads up to, to get in to do some research. Yeah, and where, find where, us how the fatbergs are removed and what do they do. Yeah, where I do they can take, tell you... Where do they take broken up fatbergs? I can tell you this, though. Two pieces of the fatberg have been cut off and after several weeks of drying, I don't know who did that job, they are now displayed in the Museum of London. Right. How about that? Uh, what, with ship marks and tan tracks and all over the wipes <laughs> on full display? Just go, yeah, here you go. Here's a fat, everyone come and... Kids, come and look at this fatberg. Have a sniff of that. See what that's it like. It doesn't take much to qualify to get in the museum <laughs> these days, does it? Just flush, no. flush some no. shit down the toilet and then it's going to be no. on the shelf in the museum before you know it. But what's, what's even better is that that in a, in a strange twist of events, we actually had our kitchen, our pipes in our kitchen were actually getting clogged Oh, and no. so the the plumber came and he was like, oh, all right, I'll put some Drano through or whatever, and that should be right. And then three months later, they were clogged again, and we were like, hmm, rang the same guy, and he was like, 
let me just uh, check and I'll do some hardcore stuff and I'll put some acid down there and I'll do all that. And he was like, hmm, checking where the pipes go. And he was, yeah. like, he was like, you know what, how old's your house? And I said, oh, you know, we only bought it last year, but it's 25 years old. And he was like, mm. you've probably got like a congealed lump of like fat somewhere in the pipes. And I just, my eyes lit up and I was like, <laughs> You mean I've you mean I've got my own fat bird? And he was like, Oh, I guess and I was like, How big is a, would the fat bird be? I wouldn't stop using the term fat bird and he was just like, Oh, it's probably like a like tennis ball. The pipe's not very big. I'm like, oh, but it could it how long could it be? Could it be like, you know, fifty meters long? And he's like, No, no, it wouldn't be that long and I just was so excited about fat birds and after a while he was just like, Oh, I've got to I might just go back to do my job. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any other fat birds? Have you seen like actual huge fat birds? And he's like, "Why is it?" Let's sit down, have a cup of tea. Sit down. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk about this. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> so he he was just wanting to do his job, but I was like, "Wow, maybe." What's the biggest fat bird you've seen? And he's just like, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> the pipes aren't big. It's not. I don't work in like the like in a big city no. sewer system. And I was like, "Oh, but you can dream." Not. Yeah, you can always that's right. dream. I was just so disappointed, like, oh, okay, whatever. But what's he trying to suggest, that uh, 25-year-old houses are right in the Fatberg sweet spot? You know what? That's exactly what he was suggesting. What? About 20, 25 <laughs> years, that's usually it's usually how it goes. Okay, every quarter century, a Fatberg <laughs> doth develop. Well, yeah, they just build up and up and up. So, right. yeah, now we're more conscious about uh, dumping your Fatbergs down the, down the pipes. All right. Well, I mean, this is a clearly a PSA to uh, <laughs> maybe just give the wipes a miss. Yeah. So I not, mean, that's not, what they don't, use. Don't give wiping a miss. Just no, give the no, wipes wipe, a wipe miss. Is a yeah, yeah. But this this was they used these the awareness that this enormous fatberg in in Whitechapel, London, they used it as like exactly like a PSA to be like, hey, stop flushing your wipes. You. The hand sanitized wipes down the toilet that don't belong there. Yeah. So I haven't we haven't wait we've got to wait. And again, like you said, now we have to wait and see if that has been taken note of. Mm. And the only way you find that out is if there's no more fatbergs. Well I'm concerned because yeah, all right, that kind of makes sense that doing that would cause a fatberg, but surely <laughs> surely there must be some Frangerbergs down there. Oh, Jesus. Don't you think? Because because uh, I think a lot of not environmentally conscious people have probably flushed their Frangers over the... Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. But you wouldn't be displaying that. Well, you probably could take it to the, to the Tate Gallery, the art gallery there. You could probably take that down there as, as a display, couldn't you? Well, I mean, it could be... Arguably, it could be part of the anthropological... Exhibit of the museum. <laughs> Just a Frangerberg for everyone to come and have a look at. <laughs> a Franger for any uh, overseas listeners is a condom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they call it a Johnny Berg? I don't know. I don't yeah. even know if they use the term Johnny in England anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody called Johnny Berg would probably go, hey. <laughs> Hey, hey, what's going on here? Ease Slander. up a little, will you? Um, I don't know why he talks like that. But he does. But he does, yeah, um, clearly. 
All right. Well, thank you for that. I couldn't have asked no for, a better, for a better, better weird. Well, I won't say story, just a you know concept, I guess. Yeah, so exactly right. It is a great concept, but the thing is, here's something to consider before we finish this discussion: if people take heed of the PSA and stop using their flushable wipes or stop flushing these wipes, then there's going to be this moment in history mm. of about six to ten years only where fat birds existed and then they didn't exist before and they won't exist again in such a size that's an interesting thing to think of here's something else though Hmm. what if the fatbergs were the only thing preventing us from an even bigger environmental disaster (laughs) like and our oceans can't actually cope with the amount of shit that should be being pumped into them from humans every day. Right. But fatbergs were the only thing kind of holding up the stream. Oh, right, like a dam. Yeah. It's created a dam to keep... Oh, yeah. So now... so Yeah, so now there's just the full amount of shit being pumped out there every day. That's just... How can the oceans deal with that? I think think fatbergs might have been a blessing in disguise and uh, we're going to find out just how important they were to... To our uh, environment. Yes, it was a very good disguise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, as we know. (laughs) All right. Speaking of weird things, of course, I'm going to move on to the bit weird product of the week. Oh. And it's a catchy title, anti (laughs) Anti-pervert hairy stockings. What the? So this is... An- uh, wait, 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 wait. Anti-pervert yep. hairy stockings. Hairy stockings, yes. So this okay. is this is from around six years ago, and it's a pair of tights you can wear to make it look like you have super hairy legs to try and okay. discourage fans of upskirting, clearly. So um, we'll, I can put a photo up on the socials, but I'm sure you can picture it anyway. It's just a normal, smooth lady feet than what looks like a baboon leg, essentially. Yeah, right. Like Steve Carell shaved his feet for some reason. <laughs> but do you think that'll work? Uh, it's certainly... I, I think it's just one of those things where you just sure, like that's going to stop the person who's trying to look for a smooth leg, but it's just going to attract the hairy-legged pervert. That's right. Maybe you, yeah, it's just going to attract uh, an even more undesirable pervert. <laughs> well, you know, it's just more of a niche pervert, I guess, is what you're looking at. Isn't yeah. It? But, I mean, are we worried about levels of pervert? Well, maybe. I don't know. Do you want to, it's, it's certainly limiting the range of pervert, but but now you've got sort of an esoteric pervert who's been waiting a very yeah. long time for a baboon leg lady to show up looking copaganda of some hairy gam yeah hairy gam <laughs> i um i think you'd have to be pretty unlucky to kind of to to catch a, a hairy freak yeah but so you said this is from six years ago so ha- haven't been too was there an ad campaign was there any kind of Marketing no, think, behind this? No, I don't know. I mean, it, it just appeared as a as a picture on a blog, so mm-hmm. clearly someone had made themselves some hairy legs, and I'm sure, like, I as if you wouldn't put that into mass production immediately. So I'm I'm sure it must have. Yeah, did they did they put that into mass production, and then someone said, "What about pants?" And they're like, <laughs> oh, yes. 
we could just wear pants. <laughs> if you're that conscious about how can I stop perverts looking at me, looking up my skirt or checking my legs out, I'll just make them really hairy. Or well, I can just wear pants. You, you've absolutely come up with the best possible solution there. What about pants often often fixes problems as a as a phrase to be thrown out there. But look, but yeah, I mean, honestly, what what can't what can't pants fix? Let's let's ask that question. <laughs> well, that is a good question. We could be here a while. Well, yeah, nothing springs to mind. There's nothing mm. they can't do. Yeah. Lastly. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, for being here with me this evening, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm going to throw a parting oddity at you, if that's <laughs> okay. okay. Yep. Uh, zebra finches mm-hmm. sing a special song to their eggs when the weather's hot, warning them that it's getting toasty outside. So, obviously, you know, amazing, quite an yeah. interesting thing. But yeah. what are the eggs going to do about what it? What are the eggs going to do about it? That's my question. Yeah, what are the eggs going to do? About it? Eh? I mean, that is, that is pretty remarkable that they sing a special song saying, yeah. It's fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling hot, hot, hot. You know, the, the zebra finch equivalent of that. Yeah. But what's an egg going to do? Be less immobile? <laughs> Just, yeah, be more. Oh, God, I'll let move. I'll just move less. I'll. Oh, I don't know. Roll into a shady bit and go into the shady bit of the egg. Like it's an odd. It's that is an odd idea. There's got to be a reason. There is, but I, I, like I don't want to spoil it with facts. Like I just like the idea of um, of the uh, like a zebra finch yelling at an egg and getting annoyed <laughs> that it's not doing anything. So next time your significant other is pregnant and it's hot, just shout at the stomach at. At the pregnant belly, like, look out, 41, it's going to be 41 tomorrow. Be prepared. Why aren't you listening, Tommy? Um, Have you paid attention? So, well, the answer is apparently that the the zebra finch singing to the egg can make the egg slow down its growth rate inside the egg, which then kind of makes it... So it will delay its hatching. Well, it will will slow slow the metabolism down, slow the kind of energy being used down so that it doesn't, you know, fry, for want of a better word. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that amazing? That is incredible. It keeps itself cool inside the egg. That's it. It's amazing and a bit weird, but fair enough, (laughs) I guess. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope to uh, hope that you want me to come back. Yeah, and uh, check out Chattering Classes. Please do. It's an enjoyable podcast. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for listening. There'll be a new episode next Monday. Um, Find us on the social channels, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you feel like it, leave a rate and review on your podcatcher of choice. See you later.